Well, today I want to share with you a message called, Don't Panic, It's Just a Test. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't Panic, It's Just a Test. And so all of us face multiple tests in our lives. But one of the things that helps us to overcome these tests is trust. And in Psalms 112, and I want you to notice with me in verse 1 through verse 8, he says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. His seed's going to be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright is going to be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Now unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings or bad news. His heart is fixed doing what? Trusting in the Lord. His heart is established and he shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. Now I like what the New Living Translation says in verse 6 through 8. Such people will not be overcome by evil or the trials that come our way. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news, but they continually trust the Lord to do what? To care for them. Have you found that God's care has seen you through this far? Well, if His care and His love has seen you through this far... It's going to take us all the way to the finish line. In verse 8 it says, They are confident and fearless, and they can face their foes how? We can face our foes triumphantly. This is a trust test. Are we going to trust God? The Bible talks about the trial of our faith, and one way that we can conduct ourselves when these come is we can do what James says, to count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, tests, and trials. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 1, notice with me in verse 6 through 8, it says, So be truly glad. Be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine or your faith is real. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong, when your faith remains strong, when your trust remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Amen. Friends, when Jesus returns, you're not going to be sorry for one day that you trusted Him. Amen. Now notice with me in verse 8. It says, you love Him even though you haven't seen Him. How many of you love the Lord? How many of you are saved today? 
You haven't seen him yet in the spirit, but you've seen him in his word. Though you do not see him now, what do you do? You trust him. And not only do you trust him, but you rejoice. I found this out a long time ago. When I really have faith in God and when I really trust him, it causes me to rejoice. See, faith and rejoicing goes together. You trust Him and you rejoice with glorious... And what kind of joy? I could use a little bit more... Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the deliverance of your souls. I prophesy to you today that great things are ahead. Now let's get real and let's get practical this morning. God wants you to trust Him, but Satan wants you to panic. He wants you to doubt God, to blame God, to give up, to take thoughts like, well, He doesn't really care. On the other hand, here's what God says. Fear not. Because I'm with you. Be not dismayed. Why? I'm your God. And I'm going to strengthen you right in the middle of the test. And I'm going to help you. I've sent the comforter who lives on the inside of you to comfort you, to help you, to strengthen you, to be your standby and to be your intercessor. That's the kind of help we have in God. Yes, and I'm going to uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Now I want to give you quickly this morning six things that we can do so that we can move to the next level even though the tests come our way. Number one, know that you are in control of your response. You got to know that. In John 14, 1, Jesus said, Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The Amplified says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. How many of you have been agitated when the test came? Well, Jesus said, Don't do that. You must know that you're in control of your response. You don't have to be agitated. He says, if you believe in God, believe and also trust in me. I have discovered this. If my heart is troubled, I'm the one who led it. Because having a troubled heart or a peaceful heart in the midst of a test, it is your choice. Here's what Jesus said in John 14, 27. This is a great life verse right here. He said, peace I leave with you, my own peace I give and bequeath to you. It's not as the world gives, give I unto you. Now notice this, this is our responsibility. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then he goes on to say, stop allowing yourself to be agitated, intimidated and cowardly. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated or unsettled. Amen. Amen. And so what we must do then is stop allowing these things to torment us. Stop allowing things 
like that to keep us up at night. Tossing and turning. You know, all these things are not God's plan for our lives. We need to understand that we are the gatekeeper of our hearts and our minds. We can make a decision what comes in and what goes out. We make the quality decision on what we're going to allow, what we're going to dismiss. You see, pressures and cares come to each and every one of us. Worry and anxiety will come. But you have the power to choose peace in the midst of fear and in the midst of panic. You can choose joy in the midst of distress. Now listen to this statement. You and I may not get to choose our circumstances, but we get to choose our response. Is that right? And so here's what we say. I choose peace. I refuse to panic. God's not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Say it with me. I'm choosing peace. Number two. Here's how we can conduct ourselves in the middle of a test. Number two, listen to your spirit and not your head. Allow the Word of God to come up out of you and talk to you and encourage you. Have you noticed sometimes early in the morning as you're just waking up, a scripture will come to your soul. A scripture or a word of encouragement will flow up from your inner man to your soul and bring you strength and courage to face the day. Now, for the word of God to come up in us and for the spirit of God to minister to us in these times, we need to practice what Psalms 46.10 says. And I love this from the Amplified. It says this. It says, Let be and be still. In other words, let those things be. Let all those accusations, put them to rest. Resist them. Let it be. Let be and be still. And know and recognize and understand that I am God. Hallelujah. He is God. He's your healer. He's your provider. He's your peace giver. He's your righteousness. That puts condemnation on the run. Be still. And just know that I am your God. He said, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And by the grace of God, He will be exalted in our lives. I've had words come up in my spirit to encourage me in a time of lack. You know, when we were kind of fighting the good fight of faith and, and we needed finances for the church. Sometimes I'd get bombarded. You're going to go down the drain. They're going to take the building away. They're blah, blah, blah. All those lies of the devil. And the Spirit of the Lord would rise up on the inside of me and say things like, Have I ever left you without support? Have I ever left you without support? Have I ever left you or forsaken you? No, Lord, you haven't. Then chill out, boy. Rest in me. I am. Jehovah Jireh. Amen? So what are we saying? We're saying, let the Word of God 
And the Holy Spirit comforts you and leads you. You may hear things like this. It's going to be all right. It may not be all right right now. But if you'll just trust me, it's going to be all right. Say it with me. It's going to be. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Woohoo! Glory to God. So what are we saying today? We're saying let the Spirit of God and the Word of God be the dominant voice in your life. Number three, how do we conduct ourselves in the midst of a trial? Number three, make sure that you avoid excessive reasoning. Avoid excessive reasoning. Avoid obsessive reasoning. Ruminating. Going through the same thing over and over and over and over again. You know, we can simplify our lives by simply simplifying our thoughts. I think we need to stop trying to figure everything out. (laughs) If you're a person that is in the area of reasoning consistently, stop trying to figure it out. How's this going to work out? What I'm saying to you this morning, I believe the Spirit of God is helping me, is we need to get rid of the hows, the whos, the wheres, and the whens. And stop obsessing. Here's what Matthew says. And Jesus said this in Matthew, the sixth chapter. And notice with me in verse 31. I want you to read this with me. Therefore, do not worry. Go ahead and read with me. Therefore, do not worry and be anxious, saying, What am I going to have to eat? Or what are we going to have to drink? Or what are we going to have to wear? Now notice with me. One of the things that causes people to take the bait of panic is they begin to say what comes to their soul. Here's what Jesus said. Therefore, do not worry. Do not panic. Do not be anxious. Saying. You see, what we say has a large determination on the outcome of our lives. Jesus said we can have what we what? Proverbs says that death and life are where? Death and life are right in the power of the tongue. Deuteronomy says this. He says, I've set before you life and what? And death, blessing and cursing. Which is better, life or death? Which is better, blessing or cursing? So he says, I've set before you life and blessing. Now here's what you do. You make the choice and get over on my side of the street and leave death-filled words and leave curse-willed words behind and speak the blessing and speak words of life every day of your life. Amen. Our words are so vital. We must not take the enemy's thoughts, but rather take God's thoughts. And we have 66 books of God's thoughts. 
And so what we need to do is get into this book, this Bible, amen, and find out what God's thoughts are about what we are facing. Find out what God's thoughts are about the current test that we're in. God's got a scripture for anything and everything that may come your way. As a matter of fact, he says, these are exceeding great and precious promises. And by these promises, you will escape the corruption that is in the world. Amen. So say of me, I'm taking God's thoughts and God's word. And so we must not allow ourselves to be robbed of today's peace by panicking about tomorrow. Or by worrying about tomorrow. One gentleman said it this way. It's never safe to look into the future with eyes of fear. Never safe to look into the future with eyes of fear. We live in a fear-filled world. The very atmosphere of this planet is charged with fear. This world's system is not designed to put courage in you. This world's system is designed to drag you down, to bog you down, to bum you out, and to put you down. That's the way of the world. Until a future day, Satan, the little G, the little S... And the little G is the God of this world. But you and I, thank God, we're not of this world. We're we're living in this world, Raul. But we're not of this world. We're from a different world. Our citizenship is in heaven. And God has given us, hallelujah, our bill of rights in the word of God. And so no matter what this world system is trying to do or say, the Word of God trumps the world system, amen, through the life-changing Word of God. And so even though fear is here, and even though fear is everywhere, faith is on the inside of you. Amen. Now let's take COVID for an example. I mean, the fear that COVID has brought, and it's a real thing. We understand that. But we are to use wisdom from the Word of God so that we can live through and overcome COVID-19. Is that right? And so just about the time you get a, a breakthrough, there's another variant out there. There's another variant on the way and probably a variant upon a variant. And we understand that and we know that. But dear brothers and sisters, we need to go about our lives. I'm going to say that again. We need to go about our lives. And it really doesn't have anything to do with whether you wear a mask or not wear a mask, where you've been vaccinated or not vaccinated. How many of you know we are vaccinated with the 91st Psalm? Amen. Somebody says, well, I got vaccinated by this and by that. Well, that's great. But listen, folks, our ultimate vaccination is Psalms 91.10, where it says, no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come to our dwelling. 
folks, we have got to get about our lives. The Spirit of the Lord ministered to me yesterday. And he said this. He said, look, he says, you're not prepared as a church for what I prepared for you. And that's what this rebuild and reset and restart is all about. Because brothers and sisters, there's a harvest to reach out there. There's people that are dying. There are people that are hurting. There are people that need your word. There are people that need to be lifted out of the junk heap and brought into the kingdom of God. And so I think it's high time that we prepare as a church for what He's prepared for us. Somebody says, well, man, look around. There's a lot of people here. Wonderful, great. But a lot of people in the chairs doesn't mean anything compared to what God wants to do in this city. It's not about people in the pews. It's about having God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And if we're really going to get serious about the harvest and really serious about the manifestation of the glory of God, it's high time that we get better prepared. Prepare. 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 Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. The train is moving. As your pastor, I say, let's all get on board. Hallelujah. We don't want to allow fear to hinder us or stop us. Amen. I feel like Joshua or Caleb. He said, let us go up at once and let us possess the land. And so we need to let go of all the questions And trust God with the answers. Number four, pray instead of worrying. That's the first P in the acrostic, prepare. Pray. Pray individually. Pray as a church. This phrase came up in our heart years ago. Purposeful, powerful prayer. It paves the way. For the impossible to become possible. Pray instead of worrying. See, what worry does is worry stirs up fear. But prayer stirs stirs up the supernatural. Prayer will take you into a place of peace that only God can give you. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Y'all still good today? Praise the Lord. You might beat the Baptist to the restaurant. Notice in Philippians, the fourth chapter. Look at this verse. Let's read it together. Be careful for nothing. Stop right there. How much are we to worry about? Nothing. One translation says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Let's read the rest together. But in everything by prayer and supplication. So if we're not going to worry, what are we going to do? We're going to pray. We're going to pray. 
And we're going to get God involved with us right in the middle of the test. Never factor God out. Whether it be something medical that you're facing. How many of you know the words of doctors are not necessarily the final word of God to you? Now, don't misunderstand me. We believe in doctors and we thank God for doctors. But doctors are not God. Somebody says, have you been to a doctor? Sure, I have. Have you used medication? Certainly, I have. But whenever I use medication, I always declare in the name of Jesus, this medication will work for me and I'll have no harmful side effects. Amen. Well, Pastor Mark, what about surgery? Well, if you're led to do the surgery, do the surgery. One person said it this way, the answer to a million and one questions are, be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Don't allow fear to keep you out of getting the help that you may need while you're developing and while you're cultivating in your walk of faith. Don't let that happen. Say with me, I'm led. I'm being led by the Spirit of God. I'm always in the right place at the right time. And I'm doing the right things with the right people. Thank you, Jesus. So prayer takes us into a peace that only God can give. Number five. (laughs) Anybody ever been tested in their love walk? Huh? People can be nasty. But don't let people's nastiness pull you out of your place of peace. And a lot of folks are so aware of the fact and too aware of the fact what other people think about them. It's over there in Proverbs where it says that the fear of man brings a snare. But those who trust in the Lord shall be safe. Amen. I'm not going to play this instrument. I'm just over here. Oftentimes people panic about what people may think of them or say about them. Has anyone ever had someone backbite you on the job? Or maybe treat you unfairly? Well, I think if you live long enough, you'll probably have multiple opportunities to pass not only the trust test, but the love test. Amen? And so determine in your heart, instead of getting all upset about what people are doing and what people are saying, here's a thought, pray for them. Do what? I hardly ever pray for myself, much less others. (laughs) Well, that's a problem. But that's a problem that can be fixed, right? Pray for them. 
Pray for them. You may feel like taking them outside of the city limits. And doing Cosa Nostra on them. You may feel like doing things and saying things and retaliating in the flesh. But here's what doing that produces. The flesh always produces the flesh and always produces corruption. So instead of retaliating, if you've been insulted, instead of insulting them, pray for them. It works. Notice with me in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? I know this may not be a shouting message, but this is a message that will stick to your ribs. If you'll just write these things down and maybe listen to it again, it will resonate in your heart. In Matthew 5, 44, here's what Jesus said. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those. Did he say curse those that curse you? Now, Pastor Mark, I'm sanctified, but I'm not that sanctified yet. Just act on the word. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. Now, here it is. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. What this is telling us today is choose love over hate. Choose forgiveness over bitterness and over anger. I like what Billy Graham said about forgiveness. He said this, In one bold stroke, forgiveness obliterates the past and permits us to enter into the land of new beginnings. Isn't that good? Now, forgiveness does not mean that we condone people's behavior. Amen? How many of you know the best thing sometimes is to love them from afar? Love them from a great distance. If you've been abused in your marriage, abuse is not his plan for your life. Sometimes you have to remove yourself from the abusers. Come on, somebody. And then you're in a better place in your heart to release and to forgive. That doesn't mean that you'll ever get back together. But what that means, not only do you release your faith to do that, but in doing so, you release yourself. You release yourself from the torment. You release yourself from those things that have happened in the past. And so choose to bless people instead of speaking evil about them. That's what Romans chapter 12 verse 21 says. He said, be not overcome with evil, but do what? Overcome evil with good. And lastly, number six, always be a prisoner of hope. Always be a prisoner of hope. Look at Zechariah chapter 9. And notice with me in verse 12. 
Zechariah, the ninth chapter in the 12th verse. Let's go ahead and, and read this together. Ready, read. Turn ye to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare... Anybody interested in double? How about this? Double for your trouble. God has no problem in increasing you and restoring to you double for the things and the tests that you have been through. Let's read it again. Turn ye to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto you. Now, we certainly don't want to be a prisoner of negative thoughts, do we? We don't want to be a prisoner of circumstances. We certainly don't want to be a prisoner of people. But I want you to notice that phrase. Everyone say, prisoners of hope. Now, what this is used in the Word of God to describe is those who have waited a long, long time for a specific prayer to be answered. Those that have waited, those that have believed to see God's goodness show up in their family, in their body, or whatever the case may be. They've waited a long, long time. In reality, it is hope which is the prisoner. What this means, friends, is we lock this hope up in our hearts and we refuse to allow it to escape. We tie it down. We lock it up. We do what Hebrews 10.23 says. It says, Let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope which we cherish and confess and are acknowledging of it. Amen. Why? For he is faithful, he is reliable, he is true to his word. Folks, if you'll not let your faith go, and you'll not let your hope go, and allow your hope to become, if you will, a prisoner of hope, a prisoner of expectation, it won't be long before you realize the manifestation of your prayers. Thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. Now, David made a decision to do that. David, man, he, he faced multiple trials. I mean, Saul was chasing him. I mean, one time he tried to pin him to the wall with a javelin. Anybody ever been there? <laughs> Some of you may have been in certain circumstances similar. But, I mean, they, he was, they, were, after, they were after David. And David was as human as you and I are. David had to get up on Monday morning just like you do. And here's what David said in Psalm 42, in verse 5. And this is from the NLT. He says, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. So what did David have to do? He had to rein his thoughts back in. He chose to put his hope in God. And you and I can do the same thing. Don't let your hope go. 
Peter talking about David in Acts chapter 2 verse 26. He said this. He said, I saw God before me all the time. Nothing else can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out. I'm ecstatic. Praise God. Now keep following that down there if you would. Because this is so good. Acts chapter 2. Maybe verse 25, 26, 27. Right around there. Message. Okay. David said it all. I saw God before me all time. Nothing can shake me. Is that your confession? He, he's right by my side. Keep reading. Keep reading. Let's read together. I'm glad from the inside out, ecstatic. Here's what I've done. I have pitched my tent in the land of hope. God's looking for some people here this morning that will say, you know what? It's time for me to pitch my tent in the land of hope. There's no other land that I would rather live in than the land of hope. The land of expectation. The land that says, I know this. That even though there's a test here and a test there, I'm trusting God. And I'm expecting God to take care of me. Hallelujah. Let's look at Ephesians 6 and verse 13 in the Amplified. It says this, Therefore, put on the complete armor of God, so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger, And having done everything that the crisis demands, stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. What this is saying to us this morning is we must stand in faith. And faith, my friends, is the substance of things hoped for. So keep expecting in faith. Keep expecting God to move. And keep looking for things to change. As a prisoner of hope, as a man or a woman who has pitched their tent in the land of hope, you might say things like this. Say it with me. I'm expecting God to take care of me. I am expecting the goodness of God in my life. I trust my God. Look at your neighbor again and say, don't panic. What is it? It's just a test. Amen. Number one, praise God. Know that you are in control of your response. Amen. Number two, listen to your spirit and not your head. Number three, avoid excessive reasoning. Number four, praise the Lord. Pray instead of worrying. (laughs) Number five, choose love. And number six, be a prisoner of hope. Well, I've done my best to minister the Word of God to you today. By God's grace, we give Him the glory. Let's stand up, everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God.
Thank God, you know what? We can't just hear this word. We need to do it. We're going to do it all week long. Amen. You see, the doer of the word of God is blessed in their deed. They're blessed in their doing. Amen. Let's lift up our hands and let's make some declarations today. Say it with me, Heavenly Father. I thank you so much for being able to come together and worship you in this house of hope. We magnify you today, Lord. And even though things may come our way, we put our confidence and we put our trust in you. I trust in you with my whole heart. And I refuse to lean on reasoning or my own understanding. I acknowledge you today. I choose to speak words of life, to speak words of faith. I choose to live a worry-free life. In Jesus' name, panic, you got to go. I receive great peace that comes for your presence. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, it'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. It'll make a difference in our lives if we'll just apply what we've heard today. Pastor Tom, praise God. Thank you, Lord.